This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth planners and investment managers who offer unwavering support in challenging times. Visit candowealth.com for more information. Hello and welcome to a Saturday edition of Coffee House Shots. I'm Kate Andrews and I'm joined by James Forsyth and Katie Balls. It's been a very busy political week in Westminster with what was supposed to be a fiscal event with targeted measures for energy bills, which turned into a mini budget, which really turned into a mega budget announced by new Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng yesterday. This included £45 billion worth of tax cuts, £70 billion of new borrowing, and a host of measures which we discussed on yesterday's podcast and you can listen there. But we are not done with politics. We now move the politics out of Westminster to Liverpool where Labour will be starting its party conference tomorrow. James, the Labour Party is going to have a lot to work with in terms of what was laid out yesterday in the mini budget, especially when it comes to scrapping that 45p tax rate. Do you think they're going to make a lot of it? I think they will make a lot of this combination of uncapping bankers' bonuses and abolishing the 45p rate of income tax. I think one of the striking things about British politics at the moment that you saw actually at the first PMQs between Liz Truss and Keir Starmer is on some of these big ideological arguments, they're quite happy to have them. They both think they win. So Keir Starmer wants to attack Liz Truss for not imposing enough of windfall tax. Liz Truss wants to argue that you know a Labour leader just wants to tax more. So I think you will see them go at it on tax. And you know, that, I think, is obviously a question. I mean, the other big interesting question is, do Labour frame this as they are opposed to tax cuts for millionaires? Or do they play a slightly different game and say, well, it's wrong that people on £51,000 are paying the same marginal tax rate as people on £150,000? Labour never quite worked out how to respond to the Tory turn under Boris Johnson towards a kind of bigger spending conservatism. And they never quite found their kind of way of attacking this. I think here they will attack this in very traditional left-right terms. You know, why aren't you imposing a windfall tax on energy companies? Why are you cutting taxes for the richest? And I think, you know, British politics in terms of those left-right arguments is going to feel, you know, it's going to be back to those old verities. Katie, Liz Truss has really laid down the gauntlet when it comes to tax cuts and Labour's going to have to respond. The question seems to be, as James was hinting at there, are they going to say, no, actually, we are a high tax party, we would never bring in these tax cuts? Or are they going to say, no, we sympathise with lower taxes, but we would have done this very differently and targeted different tax cuts? Is there any indication about which way they might go? So I think when you speak to those around Liz Truss, they believe what she has done does put pressure, as you say, on Kisdama to actually say, well, what would you do? And actually, Labour will have to say, well, we want to raise taxes. And that's an uncomfortable position for any party to, to really be in. As you allude to, I think that you'll hear a lot about how this is the wrong time to be doing so, or effectively, perhaps repeating words back from Kwasi Kwarteng about how the fact that the economy has not been well managed in the past, you know, so many years, when there has been a Tory government, has led to the point where we're at now, where it's a pretty grim economic picture. So... I think that you you will see Labour obviously trying to say, well, we would have done things differently for such a long time. It's not really so fair to say. But I do think one of the things that's going to be hard of them is to say, well, 
given Liz Truss has cut all these things, would you now roll them back? Now, I imagine probably whether the most comfortable is on the 45p. You're ready. I think there is some glee within Labour that they can return to these lines of actually just saying the Tories are the party for the most wealthy. In a cost of living crisis, they have prioritised tax cuts for the wealthiest in society. And, oh, look at the banker bonuses cap. And that would be the big narrative. But... Of course, Rachel Reeves will need to indicate how they would fund their own plans. And I think Rachel Reeves has made quite clear that she believes Labour having credibility on the economy is key to the party regaining power. So I can't imagine them advocating a mass borrowing plan, even though I think there is an argument, obviously, that Labour would need to borrow. But I think she's always been reluctant to get into those conversations or to be drawn on such plans because I think the viewers are actually regaining a reputation and competence on the economy it's so important that you don't do anything that means the other side can say oh no labor into crazy borrowing obviously the fact that liz truss has and her chance have gone on a big borrowing spree might change the picture there but as you say as much as labor might try and attack the tories for it it does just mean well would you do it and therefore it's not completely comfortable i think when it comes to the conference I think when you look at what they'll be wanting to talk about, I think there's going to be a big push to say that actually the economic message will be combined with green jobs and a push on the environment as a way of boosting the economy. James, Labour is going to want to set out its own ambitions, not just respond to what the Tories have done this week. What do you expect to see over the next few days? Do you start with an election, you know, 18 months, two years away to really think about the case they'd be making to the public now that Liz Truss and her chancellor have very much made clear what their case is to the public? Yeah, I think one of the other questions this this throws up is I think Labour are looking at a big childcare offer for the next election. And I think they see this as potentially very fertile territory for them. I think that the fact that Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng are prepared to borrow more to fund things, I think will have an effect on the internal arguments in Labour too. As Katie says, Rachel Reeves is very much following the kind of playbook of Gordon Brown when he was shadow chancellor in opposition, which is, look, we've got to look credible on the economy. So therefore, against you know big spending commitments that aren't funded... That, I think, becomes a kind of trickier argument because there will now be people on Labour who say, look, the Tories can't attack us for planning to borrow more because that's what they're planning to do. So we can just say we're going to but we borrow more and spend it on different priorities that would boost the economy in different ways. We boost the economy by making it easier for parents to go back to work. All those kind of things. So I think that you will see arguments like that in Labour. I think the other interesting question is, you know, we're beginning to see the benefits of the greater internal control of the party here, Starman's got, you know, he's already defeated an attempt to have Jeremy Corbyn kind of reinstated as a Labour candidate ahead of the next election. But I think watch one question, which, you know, is going to affect everyone going to conference, this question of strikes. Where do Labour stand on the issue of public sector pay? And strike? I don't think it's a coincidence that you've got train strikes around Labour conference. And I think also there is this big question, which is, you know, again now, I think the politics of public sector pay have changed again, you know. Can you really say to nurses and teachers that you expect them to accept a below inflation pay rise now when the government has shown that you know, it is willing to borrow more for other things? How does Labour position itself on those questions? You know, Keir Starmer has been very kind of keen to say you know, that front benches shouldn't appear on picket lines and the like. But I think that that argument about public sector pay is going to become more difficult, especially now that kind of I think even though the government's energy price cap means that inflation will peak at a lower number. I mean, inflation will remain relatively high now for quite a long time. 
Katie, before Boris Johnson's government started to explode, before Partygate was on everybody's lips, there were a lot of questions about how Kiyostama was performing, especially compared to Boris Johnson at PMQs, and questions about how long he survived as Labour leader. Going into Labour Party conference this week, are those questions still pertinent? Are people still thinking that there's a real battle here to be had about the future leader of the Labour Party, or have those questions for the next election likely been put to bed? I think the general assumption is Kistan will lead the party into the election. I think he's in a pretty stable position. Beergate has come and gone. That was the point where lots of people were saying, oh, look at Wes Streeting, you know, look at Lisa Nandy, all these people on manoeuvres, and everything has been read into what they were saying. Given there's no way for Kistan to go, and also the fact Labour are leading in the polls and have had a consistent lead, he's in a pretty stable position. I think it's still the case that if you look at focus groups and polling there doesn't seem to be deep affection or even really enthusiasm for Keir Starmer as a political leader and therefore things can change drastically and you can see a scenario where if the Tories were to improve their standing that could mean trouble for Keir Starmer because I don't think there is a sense that he is resonating as a very strong leader and I think that people in Labour will say that too but ultimately, I think he has gained some control over his party. I think he's seen as doing a passable, if not you know, good job when you compare it to what's happening right now. And the fact that Labour are ahead in the polls means that he's going into this conference in a fairly strong position. Even if people are saying, oh, he's uninspiring or he's not particularly funny or he could be more exciting on TV. The fact is that as things stand, they're in election tomorrow. The money would be on Labour forming a government of some type. Katie, last question then. Do you think that Liz Truss in terms of her as a politician and also in terms of the fairly radical policies that she's ushered in in just a few weeks of being prime minister. Is she a gift to Labour Party conference or has she actually created some real challenges that they're going to have to answer? So I think if you look at the Tory leadership contest, Liz Truss was one of the candidates that Labour were more happy to go up against. And there was lots of talk saying, oh, no, they want Rishi Sunak. But actually, I think the fact that they spent so much of the leadership campaign attacking Rishi Sunak suggests the contrary, that actually they were more worried about facing Rishi Sunak as the next prime minister. I think that Liz Truss, though, I don't think it's a simple she is good or bad for Labour. There are some things that could be very good for Labour. I mean, if Liz Truss's economic plans do not yield the results that she wants and you don't have growth and instead you just have the economy staying in a pretty bad place but the richest having tax cuts, that's obviously a gift to Labour that they can really capitalise on. At the same time, I think Liz Truss can be tricky for Labour in the sense that I think her first Prime Minister's questions, she actually came across pretty well against Keir Starmer. I don't think he could quite work out how to go against her. I think a little bit of that is sometimes when a male politician has to go against a female leader. You know, they worry about being too aggressive or looking as though they're mansplaining and so forth. You think about that Rishi Sunak, Liz Trust, BBC head-to-head, which was pretty disastrous for Rishi Sunak, actually. And to this day, some of his supporters think that when he was accused of talking over her, that was actually perhaps the turning point when it was quite clear he wasn't going to make up the difference in the contest. So I think that can be challenging. And then also, I think... um, when you look at where Liz Truss stands on some identity issues and also in terms of her pitch to the Red Wall, there are some in Labour who think that is actually a trickier place for Keir Starmer. So I think it's a mixed bag. But ultimately, when it comes to what we've seen on Friday in the mini budget that wasn't actually mini and was in truth massive, it does, I think, largely rest on the economy. And that's be really interesting to see what Labour say on the economy at this conference. They are pushed to outline more plans. Would they raise taxes? Would they borrow? 
where will they sit? And also rest, I think, because Kirstama is doing fairly well, but there's no Starmer mania. It rests on if Liz Truss's plans do not work out, that's obviously a gift for Labour. But if they do, then they have to respond to her. I think one thing is worth saying, this is, this is not a 1994-style moment, right? In that Keir Starmer has not sealed the deal with the public. We are not looking at a moment where there is a clearly charismatic leader of the opposition who is going you know, to win regardless of what the government does. You can say that this budget that they have delivered this week is clearly a massive risk. But it also, what it does is, sharpens the ideological definitions which creates some you know opportunities for labor but also some challenges i mean the other thing about other question for labor now is you know how do they as katie said how do they choose to respond to liz Truss, who is not trying to to kind of close down differences between the parties but trying to create as much clear blue water as possible and i think that is a kind of for someone who is a naturally cautious politician like Keir Starmer, you know, that does throw up some challenges about how you respond to that. Thank you, James. Thank you, Katie. And thank you for listening.